SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Hour number two of the early line right here on SportsGrid, where we give you the edge and put the fun and functional sports content. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, with me. We spent the first hour, Kev, looking at the NBA playoffs, the results of game twos across the association. Well, time continues to roll on, and we've got game threes to discuss. Let's start with one, uh, Brooklyn Nets, Toronto Raptors. Is this kind of an example of dead man walking, Kev? You know what I mean? Like the Nets have shown that they are scrappy. We all know that Karis LeVert is a budding star in the making. We know that TLC cannot miss from downtown. We know that this team has, you know, Jacques Vaughn is trying to prove to the world that he can coach. And they hung in there. They showed fight. But this Toronto Raptors team is just a little bit too much in most people's opinion. They just do what they have to do. They get their working margin. You know, I don't see them tripping up like we saw with Milwaukee or like we've seen with the Lakers, right? This team is not prone to that kind of uh, sleepwalk through it or not take it seriously because of this championship pedigree. So to me, I understand maybe if you want to take the 11 points, but, you know, Toronto keeps rolling, right? I I mean, I disagree a bit. They didn't cover last game. They were down going into the fourth quarter, right? Okay. So... Like, you got to give, you know, either, you know, give Brooklyn their due or Toronto was sleepwalking. Like, I think it more has to do with the fight that Brooklyn puts forward. Now, the real tough thing today is, you know, and, and it will probably be the case for the remainder of this series, Joe Harris unavailable. Right. Uh, Joe Harris is obviously, you know, the second best player that this team has to offer with the state of this reset here. And I think this game for me, straight prop market game. Now, I'm going to need to take some time to decide if I'm going to actually pull the trigger here, but we'll start on the Brooklyn Nets side of things. Now that Joe Harris is out, mm. what does this do for Karis LeVert? Karis LeVert, who's had double-digit assists in both these games, but has had has gone well below his prop market total, okay, in terms of points in each of the two games. The number right now at FanDuel sits at 24 and a half. Now, that's where it's been these first two games, if I'm not mistaken. But that's noteworthy. That number doesn't get moved up for Joe Harris's absence. And mm. the thing about Karis LeVert is he has had the attempts to get over these numbers both times. Now, he is currently in a tough spot. OG Ananobi is someone that I've talked to with a couple of people on Betting Around the Rim. Dane, you and I spoke to Blake Murphy, yeah. who covers the Raptors team for the Athletic. They've That's talked right. about just how good of a perimeter defender OG Ananobi is. Some people think he might actually be the best the league is offering right now Mm. and the one thing the raptors do is you know it's very uh belichickian right we're not going to make we're going to make it very difficult for your best option right right play left hand try that but like that is what they like that is something that they will try to do but i think there's a world where karis levert here okay and i'll put it to you like this if i'm going to get 25 shots which is what i think you're going to get from karis levert today then i'd much rather be on the over than be on the under. So I'm going to take a look at the Karis LeVert point prop. The other guy I think we need to look at, Dane, is the guy that's led the Toronto Raptors in scoring the first two games. Yeah, can it be my guy? 
That's, it looks, Dane, he still prices the third leading. <laughs> I know, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I'm looking at the prop bet market, and this dude, who I jokingly now call the damn GOAT, is at 19 and a half, Kev. Like, when is this man going to get the respect he deserves? I'm dead serious. <laughs> like, I'm maybe a little bit um, going over the top here as we welcome in our radio audience around the country, including the mightier 1090 out there on the West Coast. You know, maybe I went a little too far when I said I think that Freddie Van Fleet is going to get a max contract. But Kev, maybe not. Like, this dude is a beast. And honestly, he is the number one option for the Toronto Raptors. It is not Kyle Lowry. It is not Pascal Siakam. If they're in crunch time, I want Fred Van Fleet taking the shot. And his prop total right now is 19 and a half, Ev. Am I just, like, falling in love with this guy too much? Do I have beer goggles on? Or is this total low? I mean, based on everything we've seen from them, it, it's just low. But the pro- look, this is, a, this is always going to be a tough thing for the books. They don't want to over-adjust because then they get slammed under and then they lose money. But look at this. His points and assists is 26 and a half, okay? In game number one, he scored 30, so he went over that on, on that merit alone, but also had double-digit assists, so we're now up to 40. Game number sure. two, he scored 24 points. All right, so now we're only three, point, we're only three shy again just based on his points. He had double-digit assists again. So, Dan, I sit there and I look at his points and assists at minus 26 and a half. Over 26 and a half. Yeah. And I think I there's you can't argue that play. You cannot argue that play. Maybe he comes back down. Okay. Maybe he does. But from what we've seen, at least in this series, yeah. that's the lead dog of this offense right now. He has flown over, flown over that, flew over that number. Okay. In all of, in all of these first yeah. two games here. So, there's no reason to not take a look at 26 and a half. Yeah, I, I don't understand it, Kev. I really don't. Like, this is something that we should just continue to go to the well with because they are not adjusting it. You you brought up the game log, Kev, right? I mean, he's flying over it. He's almost getting their combined, you know, points and assist totals with just points all the yeah. time. Like, if I was thinking about this, you know, this might be his damn points total, not the points plus assist total. To me, this is mm. absolutely ridiculous. He's going to have the ball in his hand. So once he does start driving, the drive-in kick will be open for these other three-pointers. I-, I think that Fred Van Fleet is maybe one of the most under-respected guys. All he has done, I know he was like, in essence, you know, kind of the tryout was undrafted, but he did it in college. He's doing it now, and I believe he does, in fact, deserve a max contract in what's probably going to be a very truncated offseason and free agency that's moving. We heard about that as well. We got more series to break down. We'll do that when we come back here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and Kevin Walsh is riding shotgun with me, as he usually does. Kev, I also want to remind the people, we've got a poll question up, right? And we're asking everybody which of the series that are tied 1-1, and half of them are, is going to go the longest, right? Do we have a seven-gamer? 
here in us in the first round. And I find it interesting because one of the series that is getting a lot of votes right now with about 32% of the vote is this next one we're going to talk about, and that is Nuggets Jazz. They are tied 1-1, but I think the Jazz could potentially, Kev, get a big boost in the new proud papa. Mike Conley may be back for these Utah Jazz here in Game 3. Yeah, so Mike Conley uh, has been quarantining. He's been listed as probable for this game. Mm. Been optimistic the whole time that he would be able to clear quarantine. So we will see if that does come through. Here is the thing, though, about this number thing. When Mike Conley was expected to be there for game number one, right. the Nuggets were favored by three or three and a half points. Mm. They are now favored only by one and a half. This hmm. is not a, oh, Mike Conley is back number. This is a lot to do with, I mean, I think it has to do with that somewhat, but they probably believe, well, look, first game went to overtime, and then the second game, the Jazz beat them up pretty good. The book clearly moving to the Utah side of things. This is, uh, you know, about as far as they will move until they get the results, you know, on game number three. But I think this hmm. is a buyback spot on the Denver Nuggets. The shooting performance that the Jazz put forward was ridiculous. And yeah. I think the Nuggets, minus 120 on the money line, forget the point and a half, minus 120 on the money line here uh, is very likely how I will play this game. All right, so in this game, though, I, you know, I understand what you're saying, kind of that adjustment from what before with the Conley, but the Nuggets are minus one and a half in this game, minus 120 on the money line, and they still are the favorites in the series, Kev. You know, the Nuggets are minus 176, but the poll says it. You know, we're talking about this. This could be one that goes back and forth. If you like a team here, would you play with the series? Because you can get, you know, the Jazz have plus money, and, and Denver's not a huge favorite right now. This one is kind of up in the air with the books. How would you play this one again? Yeah, so I, I mean, I already had uh, when the Conley news was announced late a game and a half for like with this uh, with this Denver team. I wasn't expecting him to be back already, right? So that obviously threw right. a bit of a wrench in my plan. But here's what's also thrown a bit of a wrench in. If I can just take us somewhere else quickly, yeah, is the Donovan Mitchell prop? Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, fifty-seven points, thirty points, right? His yeah. number is twenty-five and a half because Mike Conley is back. That is interesting, to say the least. Right. Now, I mean, I've mentioned, okay, Donovan Mitchell has inefficient games in him that will be played in this series. But he has looked so good. Yeah, he has. So good in this series. I don't know if Mike Conley coming back means he only, you know, that you have to take four points off his total. Right. That's, man, I... I'm not saying I'm 100% going to pull the trigger here, Dane, but what do you think about the fact that they dropped this thing down for me because just because Conley is back? I think it's interesting. And so in response, part of what I'm looking for is to push it even further and look at the points plus assists because I still think Donovan Mitchell will have the ball in his hand. I still think he's driving and kicking a lot. And so I wonder if it's even more when I see the points plus assists, but I actually don't see a spider points plus assists right now but your point remains true right they're thinking that conley's gonna have the ball in his hands and use and take away some of that usage that we've seen of donovan mitchell i don't agree i think the jazz know that they will go as far as donovan mitchell takes him takes them and so you know that's a low total for donovan mitchell i think for him to for them to win he's going to have to do very well i like where you're going 
in this one. I would also go over on Donovan Mitchell. I do want to get to the next series, though, Boston and Philadelphia. And for me, listen, we know Gordon Hayward is out. We know those young wings for the Celtics are really carrying the day. I remember saying before the playoffs, I thought this was a coming out party for Jason Tatum. He has not disappointed Jalen Brown as well. The key here, though, has to still be Kev Joel Embiid, right? It still has to be Embiid, similar to Anthony Davis. How is he playing? Will he be dominant? Can he carry the load for the Philadelphia 76ers? But I, I don't know if he can anymore because this C's offense, especially with Tatum and Brown, seem to be humming right now, Kev. Yeah, see, that's the problem, right? Uh, Joel Embiid had 34-10, better than 50% yeah. from the field, 12-13 yeah. from the line. Like, and they lost by 27 points. Like, yep. They lost by 27 points. The idea that Embiid can go out there and be the best player on the court and this team can still get punched in the mouth. Now, maybe right. you would argue that Tatum was the best player on the court with his 33 uh, wildly efficient as well. It was a game high plus 29. Um, but, you know, Embiid was right there. And the gap was massive. To be honest with you, Dane, this is... It was a very, very tough game for me to call because I think there's a world where Philly can still be somehow competitive in this series. I like to think that some of these other guys can step up and shoot a little bit better. I feel like Boston coming back after that one game boost, sometimes you get from a player's absence like Mm -hmm. they had with the Gordon Hayward absence is all there to play for. But to say that I have any confidence in Philly after what they put forward in those two games, we talked about with the Pacers, right? Offensively, just nothing there. The, mm-hmm. the Sixers scored 101 points in these first two games, in, the, in both of them. Man, it, I, I think you want a somewhat safer angle on this game. The team total for the, uh, for the Celtics is 110.5. The way that they've played, right. it feels yeah, like it'll scoring. be hard for – it'll feel like they, they should be scoring. You know, look, we, we try and give people takes and leans for every single game, you know, and we do the best that we can. But to tell you guys that I have any play right now that I'm confident in making in this game, now it might advance throughout the day, but right the moment, Dan, I've, I've, there's nothing I'm confident in about this game coming up next. Jason Tatum, 28 and a half points. Uh, Marcus Smart, 12 and a half points. Uh, these are guys that could be interesting to me. But as you talk about the narrative, Uh, about this Philadelphia and their ability to bounce back. That's what I would question, right? Because we've questioned their fight, their toughness, their team culture, right? So this idea of now being down 2-0, right? Are there some other teams that, you know, can I can see them, you know, keeping on the good fight? Like even Brooklyn, to a certain extent, you talked about it, and you were like, hey, they're still in it. They're fighting. I don't see that in Philly. You know what I mean? So for them to now ask them to, like, overcome adversity, is going to be very hard. And I believe these Boston Celtics are cooking with gas and starting to, you know, find themselves what they need to do, especially with Tatum and Jalen Brown. So I'm with you. I find it hard to think that uh, the 76ers will have the testicular fortitude required to bounce back in this series against what could be a train in Boston. Real quick, the last one today is Dallas and the Clippers. You know, this is another one. You know, Kev, where it's like, which do we believe? Over the last two games, I believe Dallas was the better team. Like when you were talking about Portland and L.A., right? And you're like, you take out two of those quarters and it's been dominant, the, the, the defensive efforts, right? 
If you take out that portion of time when there was no Christos Porzingis on the floor, Kev, I don't care how you slice it. Just straight mm-hmm. up, the Dallas Mavericks have outplayed the Los Angeles Clippers in the two games as long as Christoph Porzingis has been eligible to be on the court. 100%. There's, there's, there's no really arguing that this Mavericks team should feel 100% live in this series. With that being said, this could be a big bounce-back spot for the Clippers. This is still a series, right, Dane, that we would think is going to go back and forth. Like, I don't think the Mavs at five or you no, know, is really where people are starting to angle it here. Clippers are coming off of a very, very poor three-point shooting performance. Okay, as a team, they were below 30%. You'd like to think that, that can bounce back a little bit. And the fact that they, you know, I mean, they shot 40 free throws in that game. I mean, that is a ridiculous amount of free throws. Uh, but I, I think the Clippers... In a bit of a bounce back spot, Dane. I've got an early lean to them here. Uh, five and a half. Maybe that number can come down a little bit. Five. Who knows? Maybe even four and a half. And we feel good about backing this team. All right. I also want to let you know in that prop market, I've mentioned it the first two games in this series. I got to mention it again. Plus 210, Kev, for Luka Doncic to get a triple double. He's come very close both of those games. Maybe he controls those turnovers and that best offensive efficiency of all time, Kev, can help Dallas continue their good ways when we come back we talk major league baseball well, let's get caught up on all the news and notes and the update sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com welcome back in everybody to the early line here and across the country with our radio audience, including out there on the West Coast with the mightier 1090. Thanks for waking up bright and early with us. I'm Dane Martinez. As always, I got my co-pilot, Kevin Walsh, here as we put the fun and functional sports content. Kev, let's move to Major League Baseball. And um, the headline story here is we have another team. We have another team with positive COVID cases. We have another team that will have games being kind of postponed or rescheduled or on pause. This time it is the New York Mets, Kev, uh, where yesterday we found out one player and one staff member or coach did test positive. But, you know, Kev, at this point, one thing we've learned from, you know, COVID-19 is when one person tests positive, it is very likely, right, that over the course of the next couple of days, Unfortunately, that number with all these people that were traveling together or in close contact together, that number may grow. And so they've already decided to postpone the first game of the Subway Series, which was supposed to take place against the Yankees tonight. They haven't made a full on decision about the rest of the weekend series, at least not yet. But you got to know where this one is heading the same way it's been heading when other teams have positive tests. But the news here is that the Mets do have cases, and tonight's Yankees-Mets game has been postponed. So I think the biggest takeaway for me on this one, Dane, is that the Major League Baseball regular season has no integrity. It doesn't really matter. I think that's why they're looking at the bubble. They're not going to make these games up. We're we're not going to get to 60 games. They'll try, but it just doesn't matter. Because it's been it's it's been everywhere, okay. It's been everywhere. Yeah. Now I don't know. Have we have we still seen the West stay unscathed? Uh, I think potentially uh, off the top of my head, yes. I don't think we've seen any AL or NFL unless they were. Yeah, the, the West has been unscathed so far, so, but we're not halfway so through far. the season yet, Kev. <laughs> no, I know, I know. My, but 
this is, I mean, look at it though, right? Uh, you know, you've got the Mets that have played 26 games. Yeah. Okay, well, the Marlins have played 18. So the Marlins catch up to them. And now what? We feel better about it? No. The Cardinals have played 14 games. The Cubs have yeah. 16 wins. Like, the, you know what? Like, this, mm-hmm. this is the end of the day. We're going to keep chugging along. We're going to have our eight postseason teams. We're going to go right. into a bubble. And that's the then when, uh, yeah, we're going to go into a bubble for the playoffs. And then that's when it'll start to to kind of matter and have more stakes. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, you'll keep looking to see where your team is in the standings. And you're going to keep on, ch- you know, uh, making sure, you know, th- that final week or so, be like, all right, this team has to go here because it's going to be a lot up for grabs. But yep. the idea that this regular season has any integrity now, it's just it's just not there. And how much of them, you know, how much you want to put the blame on baseball at this point, it's not even relevant. It's just the reality of what we're dealing with here. We are going to have way more teams not play 60, it feels like, than actually play 60. Are we going to have way more teams not play 16 NFL games than play 16? Uh, Because, you know, I I, want to read the tea leaves here, Kev, right? Um, And like I said, it's only halfway through the season. We now have what? This is probably, what, the fifth team? That's been compromised. Miami, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, St. Louis, and now the Mets, right? There's been ripple effects with other teams. You know, the Pittsburgh Pirates come to mind that don't get to play teams. The Yankees come to mind that have had their schedule, you know, kind of uh, upheaval happening because they happen to have on the docket teams that were caught up in this. So I think you're right. For me, though, Kev, here's what it is. Let's Let's not be naive about this. The reason Major League Baseball, the reason the owners, want to and all this want to push on is not because of normalcy for the fans. It's not to give this country something to watch. It is to satisfy television networks who get their money. Okay. So if the television show specifically, that is the major league baseball playoffs can go on air, it's going to happen, Kev. Right. And that's the only thing. That's what will define success in essence for Major League Baseball and the owners, right? Do we get on to put the television show that is the playoffs? It's not about like all the ripple effects and the, like you mentioned, the schedule or standings integrity to get to that point. They don't give a damn about that. They give a damn about fulfilling their contracts with their stakeholders, constituents, and partners, right? So if we have playoffs, they'll consider it a W, but you're right, like, this idea of the inconsistency of the fidelity and and competitive balance is out the window. I think we have to kind of like accept that for what it is. You know, you're a wrestling fan, right? Like you can accept it as entertainment if you realize what it is. Right. And this is the same kind of thing. I believe you can accept this. If you realize they ain't going to be even schedules, this is going to be an asterisk kind of thing. If you take that, maybe you can still get something out of it. My question is, are we going to see the same thing in other big-time outdoor team sports? Like, will there be NFL teams that don't make it to the finish line? I mean, that's a whole other issue because I don't know how they're going to figure that out. Again, Major League Baseball, you can play doubleheaders, right? In the NFL, you can't do that. Like, you right. just, that's not a thing. You know, you might try and pass up on a bye week, okay, because we saw that, right? Remember, there was a, a Bucks game. Um, mm-hmm. last year, two years ago, where there was like a thunderstorm, they couldn't play it. They had to cancel the game. Right. And then they ended up making it up like later down the road. So, but that's, and you, you're going to need like both teams have the same vibe. Like, is that really going to, yeah. you know, like tough, man, you're talking to, you're talking about a lot of the NFL having to navigate 
um, those type of things is going to be close to impossible. And that's what's so risky about that season. And look, again, I'm not naive to the idea. Like, and I don't mind about it. Like, of course they're putting this on to, to make money. Like that's the, yeah. you know, that's the driving force behind the product. That's not, but my point is, you know, there's another kind of, you know, a, a story we're going to hit here that pertains to the Yankees and things changing, you know, and mm-hmm. we'll, we can expand on it, but as a spoiler, my answer is going to be, it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, let's go to it. Let's find out because you say the Yankees, you know, the Yankees will not be playing the Mets at least today, probably for the rest of the weekend, right? You know, these things don't be like, Oh, it's okay. Go ahead. They're going to be an abundance of caution. I believe, especially if the New York Yankees are involved, but you're absolutely right. Okay. The Mets have come out. We have the statement there. We can put on the screen. Now they realize what is going on and we'll see how this happens. It's almost like we're immune to it at this point though, Kev, right? Because we've seen this, we know what is happening, but for the Yankees, they now are on pause after being swept, Kev, by the Tampa Bay Rays. And if you look at the standings in the American League, you know, the Minnesota, I mean, excuse me, the Houston Astros are not at the top of the AL West. It's the Oakland A's. In the East, the Yankees are not at the top of the AL East. It is the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are hot as all hell. They have won five in a row. And they now take on this weekend the Toronto Blue Jays, Kev, who are also winners of their last five. They're there in that spot in the you know third place in the AL East, but with an above 500 record, they would be in the playoffs right now as well. So we got two hot teams linking up in Tampa. Ryan Yarbrough for the Rays. Matt Shoemaker coming back for the Toronto Blue Jays. The Rays are minus 152 favorites in this one. This is a big weekend series in the AL East and the American League. Well, yes, this is this is obviously like it's big for for the Blue Jays and for the Rays. But the point that I'm making here with this with this Rays Yankees thing and why it yeah. does not matter that they're in first place. And again, good for them. They're in first place. Oh, well, well, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, eight teams. Like, like that. Like the Yankees are going to make it. The Rays are going to yeah. make it. We're not yep. going to have any type of home field advantage when we get to the postseason, and That's we don't right. even really have one right now. And we saw this with the Yankees this weekend. All that matters is being healthy. That's all that's going to sure. matter. Win enough games to qualify and then be healthy. Because even if the Yankees drop the third, it doesn't matter. Round one is all even. They're not going to be in some one-game playoff. It's going to be a three-game, right, series between, yeah. you know, them versus once. Fine. That's what it's going to be. Because look at this at the end of the day, right? You know, your two-line is the Yankees, the Indians, and the Astros. And your one-line is the Rays, the Twins, and the A's. What are you more worried about? Let's be honest. It's not a slight to those other teams. But do you want to see Bieber, Clev? That's what I was going to say. No, that's what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say, Kev. I think those two things are the important pieces here, okay? Uh, The idea of finishing first or second, right? Um, Because remember a couple of things. One, there's another tweak to the playoffs this year, Kev. Yeah, it's the eight teams. But remember that the team with the highest record, or, or, or let me actually double check this with you. I, I don't know if they formalized this. Remember they said the team with the highest record was going to be able to like draft their opponent for the first round? Is that still a thing, though? I, remember I don't that, know if that's though? A, I, when they expanded to 16, when they expanded yeah. to eight, we'll have to check on this in the break, okay? Let's make sure we check on this in the commercial break, because if that is the case, Kev, then no, it does matter. 
You know what I mean? Because if you're drafting your opponent, I do think it matters. And you're absolutely right. I was going to go to the same exact place. The Cleveland Indians have now won six in a row. They're only a game, uh, excuse me, half a game back of Minnesota. And Bieber with another fantastic performance last night, right? Striking out 11. And remember, in a three-game set, you don't want to draw Bieber in game one. No. And and that sort of thing. So that's the key for me here. We'll check it in the commercial break or someone can get in my ear. But I remember the idea of picking your opponent as well. So when you add that factor in, does that change it for you at all? Needing to be the one seed or trying to win that division? Does that change it? Because you're right. Those six teams, they're going to get in. But you don't want to be the last draft pick there and wind up missing Bieber. But to be fair, though, I, I have a feeling that that's not a thing, just based on, because we'll like, I feel like if it was 100%, we would remember. And now, look, right now, if you go through the matchups, I actually think the Yankees would draw Cleveland in round uh, number one. But this stuff is just going to fluctuate. The Indians are a half game back of Minnesota, and the Yankees are a half game back of Tampa. My, that's just my overarching point here. I don't right. care. I, you just want to be healthy. Like, at the end of the day, right, that's all that this is going to come down to. Every, at the end of every Yankees game, they slap two more guys on the I.L., that's what matters. Not the Rays yeah. coming in and sweeping the Gio or led Yankees. No, I, I think that's true, but you don't want to slide to a point. Everything I'm seeing is that, yes, it is in place for just this season. We'll talk about that in other games when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and, of course, my co-pilot, Kevin Walsh. Kev. You know, we were talking about, and, and you're right to clarify, okay, it will be kind of a bracket. That idea of drafting your opponent is something like a number thing, a number of things that were kind of thrown out there in that back and forth. But even to the same point, right, with the three teams getting in, you don't want to be stuck four or five and see another very good second place team, right? These second place teams right now are the damn New York Yankees, the damn Houston Astros, and, and, and Bieber in game one with the Cleveland Indians, you know, so it is not a easy proposition. You still definitely will want to win your division if you possibly can. I do want to take a note because history was made yesterday with my adopted team of the fathers. Kev, they, uh, you know, when, who was it? It was Eric Hosmer yesterday that went yard with a grand slam. We've heard it in the update. We've heard it with Manny Machado going grand slam. We know about the Tatis grand slam earlier in the week that started some controversy, but now they go for, I think it's four days in a row, Kev, a grand slam for the San Diego fathers. The fathers got a win. The fathers are streaking a little bit. They've won four in a row and they are taking on another team. It's one of the rare in not divisional matchups today. It looks like they are taking on though, the Houston Astros in a weekend set and they are hot as well. Astros have won eight in a row. Padres have won four in a row as they try to keep pace in the NOS, which is proving to be, you know, one of the toughest divisions in baseball with four teams at 500 or better. Yeah, it's a fun matchup here. The Strohs are obviously uh, with eight in a row, hottest team in baseball yeah. right now. Uh, they played two games that went massively over at Coors Field, 13 to six, 
followed up the yep. next day with a 10-8 blow, both victories for them. Uh, the Padres beat up on the Rangers, which was awesome. A uh, bunch of losers, that team. Uh, and I'm glad they had a grand <laughs> slam every single day. Uh, I, I look at, though, from that kind of perspective there, right? Now, their totals are, you know, a little bit more interesting. What has, you know, when you start pulling away grand slams uh, and what sure. have you, just from <laughs> those numbers. But uh, we don't have anything yet here for this game. But I, I think right now, with the way that these two offenses are playing, you're probably going to look to the over. Yep, I would agree with that. And remember, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to push it, whether it's swinging 3-0 or stealing third base as well, what he did in that last series. But obviously, we've talked about it. Let the kids play, have the personality in it, in there. Um, we talk about the NL West. I mentioned the Astros, but in the NL West, Kev, we've got a big-time battle this weekend. You know, we were right to pick over in those games recently in Coors Field when we talked about those two teams linking up, right? And I remember we gave out the over because it was a day game in Coors yesterday. The Colorado Rockies, though, are on the road, and they go to L.A. to take on the Dodgers. In this one, you got John Gray, the, you know, technically was the nominal maybe ace of the Rockies, although Marquez has been great. And Walker Bueller, though, on the other side for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are minus 250 favorites in this one, even though the Rockies are still above 500. They have faded a little bit. As of late, Charlie Blackman has also faded a little bit as of late. Still hitting over 420, for goodness sakes. What do you think about this one, though? Are the Rockies now just kind of like stepping up in class? Will they be able to handle the Dodgers in L.A. this weekend? Hey, no, you know what? I'd rather take the Rockies here, getting uh, okay. all this plus, plus money. money. Walker Bueller has not been what he was last year. And maybe that'll start to come back to the to the pack a little bit, but he's just not really justified being this size of a favorite. And look, the Rockies have been all right. Like this isn't a team that I would just comfortably assume. Oh yeah, they're going to go out there and lose five in a row, six in a row, seven in a row. You know what? Like they're I, I you mm-hmm. know Scott Wetzel. I I heard once kind of talk about an approach to a series. He's like, you know, sometimes I won't bet games. I'll just bet uh, a series. So the Rockies are going to mm-hmm. play three games here. Uh, against the Dodgers. And, you know, he'll do things. He'll look, I'm just going to take the Rockies each game. He goes, and if I hit one, I'm good, right? Now, maybe they will get swept. Mm-hmm. But I think that might be an interesting way to approach this series. Now, I don't Now, if I got my first game, I might kind of back out and be good, right? But I, I think the Rockies here, if you guys, because, you know, obviously we're getting you set up for the weekend as well. If you just want to roll with the Rockies in the series, uh, I, I don't mind that approach, actually. Okay. Fair enough. We shall see um, how it goes down. The idea of just, you know, blind betting them and hopefully two out of three is an interesting way to sh- skin the catch. Shout out to our guy, Scott Wetzel. You can hear him on Bagels and Bad Beats, 5 to 7 a.m. Eastern time right here on this network. I want to ask you, Kev, you know, there were some teams that got out to early starts that we would have never expected, right? You know, the Detroit Tigers were playing well. Well, they've lost nine in a row. Right. The Baltimore Orioles were playing well. Well, they've lost five in a row. I want to ask you about the Miami Marlins. They have also lost five in a row. They have been decimated by obviously the pandemic. You know, at some point, like 17 guys on their roster were down. They've brought in all these extra arms. And it's a nice story, right, Kev? But they have now lost. You know, they have now also lost five in a row. They see the Washington Nationals this weekend. 
Okay. And the Nationals, three games under. But I'm going to tell you something. I think this is a big weekend series for the Washington Nationals. Because if they can take advantage of a Marlins team, right, that is sort of exposing themselves. We know these kids that are at the alternate training site. And, you know, we talked about them as not really. They're the AAA team. You know, if Washington can make A in this weekend series, right, and get to 500, we can easily wake up with these Washington Nationals right back in the playoff chase in like second place in their division. And last time I checked, they still have Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin, which can still be the trump card in that division. I know it doesn't sound big, but the Miami Marlins versus the last place team in that division to me is a big series in the NL East. And, you know, it's being booked that way. The Nationals are more than two bill favorites, even though they're technically in last place. Are the Marlins about, like, has the clock struck midnight here, Kev? Are they about to turn into a pumpkin? And can you take advantage of it with the Nats? So I don't know if this is perhaps uh, capturing my attitude towards Major League Baseball with what I'm about oh, to boy. say here. But... Is there a world where we just take the Marlins, the Tigers, and the Orioles today and and hope we get two out of three and that they can stop this bleeding? Is that, a, is that an insane proposition to you? Insane? No. Would I do it? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, no, I don't think it's insane. I'm not going to call you yeah. that, my friend. You are obviously helping us give out winners and putting the fun and functional sports content. I would never say that about you. Yeah. Uh, but no, I would not do that. Yeah, no, look, and I don't know if I really would either, but <laughs> it's it just, it is. All three of those things are like lost at least five in a row. You know what I mean? Like it was right. It's nice. We knew this was going to happen somewhere in major league baseball. The fact that it happened with Detroit, and Baltimore, and then Miami with the added ripple effect, right, of them doing this while dealing with a COVID outbreak among their roster, obviously was an interesting story. But, mm -hmm. you know, to your point, to your point, though, Kev, remember when you were we were talking about the playoffs and you were like, hey, it's not going to matter, right? When I look at the AL East, Tampa and New York, yep, that sounds about right. When I look at the West, Oakland and Houston, yep, that sounds about right. When I look at the Central, Minnesota, Cleveland, with Chicago still threatening, yep, that sounds about right. So if that's the way we're starting to come to here in Major League Baseball, right, then you also yeah. have to agree that the Tigers falling off, right, that the Baltimore Orioles not being sustainable, right, or the Miami Marlins turning back into a pumpkin. We also have to agree, Kev, sounds about right. No, 100 percent. I mean, and that's, you know, it's just a matter of like how how bad is it going to get for these teams? And what's nice, though, when we talk about Baltimore Miami's five-game losing streak is we're talking about the Tigers who have extended a five-game losing streak into a nine-game losing streak. So, no, there's no guarantee <laughs> that this bleeding necessarily stops. But I'll just add this because I made this point to you off air, so I might as well make it here as well. Uh, and part sure. of the reason why I'm like, listen, like this just doesn't matter. You know, ESPN offers uh, expected to, to make the playoff percentage. And in the American mm -hmm. League, six teams are above 96% with a seventh being at 89.8. Seven of the eight spots are basically done. And we're just going to have to figure out seating. And then it's whether the Blue Jays or the Angels. Like, Let's see, the whatever. Blue Jays are one like, over. So, yeah, yeah I mean, we're talking the, about the Blue Jays and, like, the Rangers. Well, like, to be honest, 
The Blue Jays are sitting pretty. If you want to know the no, truth, yeah, right? they're the only other team above five hundred. But that's because they won right? five in a row. Like that's yeah. what they like. Like, like if the and that comes to my Washington there, Nationals point. That comes to my yes. Nationals point. If they get hot yeah. against the Marlins this weekend, which, like I'm saying, sounds about right, then they are right there, you know. And with these pauses in the schedule, with every team not getting to sixty games. You're right. right. It's going to be very interesting. A, a half game is going to be the difference. The NL the is a yeah. mess. The NL is a mess. Talk like, to if me. you look Talk at to it, me about it, like, I mean, so we were just kind of talking about the overwhelming favorites that exist out there. There's only two teams that are above 90%. In fact, there's only two teams that are above 82%. Atlanta and Chicago? League. Or Chicago and the Dodgers? Chicago and the yeah, Dodgers? Chicago and the Dodgers. Yeah. Atlanta's right. got to be there also, right? Atlanta's got to be there. 80, they're at one. They're at eighty-one point nine. Your beloved okay. Padres sit at seventy-eight point six. Every team below they're the that, fourth highest percentage. The Padres are the fourth yeah. highest percentage in the NL, and they're fifteen wow. and twelve. Like, right. like That's, yeah. the whole thing is a mess yeah. out there. The Phillies are yeah. nine and twelve with a fifty-eight point two percent. The Mets are apparently yeah. still likely to make it because yeah. everybody here is terrible. The Rockies get no respect. <laughs> they're at forty-one point six. That's ridiculous. Saying, That's ridiculous. Like, yeah, no, but like, look, my whole thing is just the National League, where your national point is well taken, right? But the American League, if you legitimately look at it, it like would, I would almost be shocked if those seven teams, if one of them is out, like seven of the eight spots in the American League seem locked up. And then you go to the National League and it's like, right. I, uh, and to be quite honest, I'd be comfortable betting the damn yes on Blue Jays also right now if you want to know the truth in the American yeah. League, right? But I do think it's interesting. We've, that's why we talk about this NL West. You know, going into the season, we thought the NL East was going to be the gauntlet, but the NL West might be that answer, right, Kev? You know, the Dodgers are there. You know my fathers. Yeah. I like they've got the fourth highest league. But here's the other way. Here's the way I'll talk about it more. And I think what may be even more important, nobody's out of it, Kev. Right, we've talked about that with the trading deadline coming up in about a week, right? If I literally, mm-hmm. in the American League, in the American League, outside of Boston, right? Because I think they are kind of looking themselves in the mirror. Even the GM came out and said, we know it's a process, especially with the pitching rotation, right? J.D. Martinez could be on the way out. You know, guys like Brandon Workman could be on the way out. But literally, outside of Boston and Detroit and, okay, Seattle, no one's really out of it. Can the Angels make a run? Maybe. Right, but I, I I think Angels probably think they're still in it. Let's put it yeah. that way, right? So I mean, nobody's out no, of it a, at this point. Dane, a weekend series sweep and bang, you're right back. Dane, there are six teams that are out of it. I think I think it would be fair to say six teams are out of it: the Mariners, the Tigers, the Royals, the Red Sox from the AL, and then the Pirates and the Giants in the NL. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's about it. I think that's fair. That's about it. That's only right. I mean, that's 24 teams. You only got six sellers. Now, but that's right. what we were talking about. Decision time is coming. Do you want to make this push, or do you want to, yep. or do you want to bow out? Decision right. time is coming, and that's why I say a team like the Nationals, who are technically in last place, still have a series sweep away from being right there and having to decide one way or the other. When we do the early line, Kev, on Monday, it's going to be all the more different and yeah. even more complicated. We'll come back. See what's going on on the morning after, right after this. Keep it locked right here on Sports Grid. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the early line right here on SportsGrid. I always say it, but boy, do we put the fun in functional sports content. And keep it locked all day long here, okay? That's what we do on SportsGrid. We also are giving you the edge, and boy, have Jared and Ariel been doing that recently on the morning after. And so we bring in our guy, Smitty, Jared Smith, here for a second. I got to ask you, I know you're in, you know, you're talking soccer a lot. We're heavy into the NBA playoffs. I want to ask you about a specific prop that Kevin and I stumbled upon. And I may sound like I'm going over the top here, Jared, but I don't think I am. I believe that Fred Van Fleet deserves a max deal this offseason. Jared, I honestly do. The man is a revelation. He's the best option for Toronto. And his points plus assists prop today in their game three against the Brooklyn Nets, we both think is criminally low at 26 and a half points and assists. He's been getting that with just the points recently. When are they going to respect my man, Freddie Van? I don't, it's definitely not today. I mean, even his rebounds probably, three and a half, <laughs> uh, I feel like this guy's always around the ball, guys. I mean, I, it, just, it does today. seem like he has a Can we get the syndicate to make a play here? Cog. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like he's emerged as the cog. And I, I, I don't think it, I, I don't think it, it, it makes sense to really bet these, especially this Nets game with the spreads, you know, the astronomical spreads. Kevin and I were sweating out that Bucks line last night. Like, you know, it, like we were just, you know, we were waiting for the, for the Anvil to drop. But I, I think the prop market with the big numbers is definitely the way to play it because if those teams play well, the back door will be open, but the prop will cash and it'll cash early. So yeah, I, I think Van Fleet's the way to play it today. I mean, he's definitely emerged as the main piece in this Raps offense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jared, only 20 seconds left. What do you guys got yeah. coming up today? Oh, just, you know, the regular Friday. You know, Steve Elkington's coming on the show to talk a little nice. golf. We'll have Mafia Carver on to do their thing with a little hockey UFC. Uh, Jim Saunas as well with some NASCAR. So, as usual, Stack Friday on TMA. Very excited show. Absolutely. Keep it locked for that. Kevin and I will see you back here Monday on the early line. Have a great weekend, everybody. The morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.